The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to two hours of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Well, good morning, food lovers. We're heating up your radio with grand guests and gastronomic pleasures this morning. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio, along with Lana. You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980. Good morning, Lana. Good morning, Jamie. Good morning, everyone. We have a studio full of fabulous food. Stay tuned. We're going to taste and talk the best of the fancy food show. Coming up this hour and next, you'll also get a taste of Paul Martin's American Grill and a restaurant committed to sustainable and local and organic ingredients. And you'll get a few secrets on how to try to duplicate their brick chicken at home. Coming up uh, just before the end of the hour, we're going to celebrate Chinese New Year and the Year of the Dragon and tell you mm-hmm. why you should have more lobster on your menus as we embark on Chinese New Year celebrations beginning tonight. In the 9 o'clock hour, please join Join us to dish on the newest, hottest restaurant in Anaheim called The Ranch. Sommelier Michael Jordan is going to join us and share some beer and wine tips for your Super Bowl pairings as well. Oh, and maybe we should do some two-step. Oh, I think we should definitely two-step. While we're talking (laughs) beer and wine. (laughs) I like that idea. (laughs) And coming up at 9.30, one of our favorite radio guests, Jim Villas, will be back. He's written a book, From the Ground Up, all about everything you can do with ground meat. And not just beef, but pork and turkey and all the delicious comfort foods that come from ground meat, an inexpensive ingredient that can be made truly scrumptious. They also call him Mr. Pound Cake, and so we're going to dish on this weekend's pound cake from Jim Villas's oven. We welcome your phone calls as phone lines are open, 888-KFWB-980. 888-539-2980. We're taking your calls this hour and next two hours of delicious conversation every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. with me, Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana. You'll find me on Facebook and Twitter as well at Chef Jamie Gwen, and we're always serving up seconds at ChefJamie.com. You know, each year, the 17,000-plus fancy food show attendees, of which Lana and I were two of them, Discover more than 80,000 products featuring the world's finest foods and beverages from more than 1,500 exhibitors representing 35 countries. There's a fancy food show twice a year, and we try to keep our finger on the pulse of what is going on, what is hot, and what is up and coming Mm -hmm. in the food world. And attending this San Francisco show last week gave us a breath of new items and delicious dishes Mm -hmm. to share with you. And we compiled our top 10 or so, I think that 12 made the list, and wanted to share them with you. So these are the products that you should look for on the shelves at Bristol Farms or your favorite supermarket in 2012, the hottest food trends. Mm, And I think we should start with ice cream. (laughs) I I knew you would start with ice cream. That's so fitting for you. Life is short. Yes, eat dessert first. Uh, Fox and Swan Ice Cream Company. I think it's out of Burbank. Yes, very local. In fact, I was very impressed Mm -hmm. by the local products that we found Mm -hmm. at the San Francisco Fancy Food Show. And hopefully you'll be able to find them uh, at the markets. But they are doing a salted butterscotch, a Thai coconut curry, a uh, fresh mint, 
uh, with chunks of chocolate in it, uh, candied bacon, red bean and cheesecake. Mm. They were all fabulous. I thought well, I Creamy. agree with you. I thought one of the best things not only about their ice cream was the flavor combinations. It was the lavender that was beautiful. Mm. But the textural component of the ice cream was very rich, very smooth. There was nothing grainy about it. These were very artisan-made, small-batch ice creams. And there are two women that have started a business. They're mommies. They're businesswomen. And they're currently selling to restaurants. But they're encouraged by the feedback that they've gotten on their ice creams and they expect to go retail at some point this year. Mm-hmm. Fox and Swan ice creams, absolutely delicious. You know, salt's always a continuing trend, and we talk about that here a lot, don't we, Lana? In mm-hmm. fact, making your own flavored salts at home, whether you dry out rosemary from the abundant garden or lemon zest from all the Meyer lemons that you're growing. But Saltworks is a company uh, out of... They're reasonably local as well, if I'm not mistaken. I thought like Idaho. Oh, they are. They're Washington, in fact. Oh, Washington. And they actually produce a ton of flavored salts. And their Mm -hmm. newest line is in line with the trend of smoke for 2012. They have a new line of smoked sea salts with incredibly Mm. rich wood smoke aroma and flavor very robust flavors definitely so and it's very earthy there's some heat to one of them as well we liked the extra bold smoked sea salt called bonfire and you can find the collection from saltworks natural smoked sea salt and all handcrafted in the usa Mm -hmm. and next everyone knows milton's breads Everyone knows Milton's because, you know, that they're very local. San Diego, what mm-hmm. started as a small little bakery, has grown into a real big company. Well, now they're making fabulous crackers. Did they're deliciously crackers? buttery. Wait, oh, you talk Jamie is breaking one eat. open. <laughs> I love these things. Uh, there are five ta- types, and there are seeds that just mm. hug every uh, hook, nook, and cranny. <laughs> there Nooking we go. cranny. You could say that again. Oh, but mm. how, how are we going to use them? It's crumbling them over cr- casseroles. I'd like to grind these. You know you love Milton's Everything Bread. These are Milton's Everything Crackers. They're very buttery. I'd like to grind them and use them as a filler for crab cakes or shrimp cakes mm. or even on the top of your mac and cheese where you would use panko. Oh, Perfect. Try a crumbling of these crackers. And those are delicious. They also have a cornbread baked snack cracker. Oh, you love those. Anything corn. Fabulous. Has your name written they all would over be it. also fabulous. Ground and put all around a crab cake. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I think they're just delicious. There's mm. many different varieties of flavors suited after their traditional Milton spreads. By the way, if you've just tuned in, you're late. This delicious conversation runs for the next two hours. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, in your radio. Kat Cora, our good friend and a good friend of this show and a a dear friend of mine, Mm -hmm. another female chef, which we're all comrades, we stick together, has come out with a new product in her Kat Cora line. And they call them snack packs. And she's trying to bring the Mediterranean flavor and her Greek heritage to kids in America specifically by eating healthier, better snacks. And so she's come out with a snack pack of green olives, kalamatas, and sun-dried olives. But they are not just swimming in oil. They're actually a dry pack with less than 100 calories in a bag. They have like a two-year shelf life, so you can keep them in the pantry, throw them into your kid's lunch, keep them at your desk at the office. And they're seasoned with lemon and oregano, 
lots of beautiful, authentic Greek mm. flavor. And, and a, they're soft and delicious. Delicious snack any time of the day. Mm. Look for those. They're in a resealable bag. You just pop them in your purse. Uh, and they're small and compact and convenient and delicious. Mm. And we have a new toy, Jamie. Oh, I do love, we I do love kitchen gadgets. A marinade injector that goes along with the Stubbs uh, uh, injectable marinades. Right. Everyone loves Stubbs barbecue sauce, and they came out with these new... And gluten-free. Gluten-free products. Mm-hmm. They're butter-based, so you can inject with the injector that comes with it into turkey or chicken or pork, mm-hmm. and then throw that, ooh, that whole chicken on the rotisserie after oh, it's been injected with fabulous. chipotle butter from Stubbs. Fabulous. They were absolutely delicious. They have a new Sweet Heat barbecue sauce out as well. Oh, I I love the name. Sweet Heat, baby. It is Sweet Heat. Love it. Love it. Uh, There's a new ketchup on the shelves, Mm -hmm. and it's brought to us by Sir Kensington. (laughs) They actually say there is a Sir Kensington, but they say that uh, flying machines and time travel were once thought to be unachievable, and now gourmet ketchup can be crossed off the list, too. Available at lots of grocery stores, this is a ketchup that is flavored with agave nectar and honey. Very delicious. Mm. And we are getting healthy. America is getting healthy. That we are. One of the year's top five crunches, hummus chips. Those were really delicious. Mm -hmm. And I was surprised to say that the hummus and they also had a lentil chip Mm -hmm. were, I think, as good and satiating from a crunch factor as Mm -hmm. a potato chip. Yes, most definitely. Absolutely delicious. Pretty tasty. We found a new olive oil, by the way. Uh, It is called number five, and it stands for... Uh, the quintessence in olive oil, all of the different aromas and flavors, look for it. It's soon to come out. And then there's two more we must get to. Top products from the Fancy Food Show San Francisco Trends for this year. One of the best things, a little hard to taste at breakfast here. (laughs) A little early. uh, Bar Harbor's skinless, boneless, smoked sardine fillets in maple syrup. We're a Bar Harbor. Wow. We're Bar Harbor fans. You've mm-hmm. heard us talk about Bar Harbor lobster and um, fish and smoked Soups. fish and clam chowder. Exactly. Mm-hmm. All of it in a can, right? Well, this is big boosts of omega-3 in a very delicious sardine where all the bones have been removed. And Bar Harbor is a very special place. You can definitely taste it. Look for those uh, smoked sardine fillets. Last but not least, there is a new chef in town. And he has recreated the idea of baking in papillote. That's cooking in parchment. There's a new product out called Paper Chef. It was the hottest product Mm -hmm. at the 2012 Fancy Food Show. You no longer have to fold or crease parchment paper all the way around to cook in paper. Parchment paper now comes in bags and muffin liners and Mm -hmm. loaf pan liners. And it is beautiful stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. And I really expect it to Fabulous be a huge idea. hit. Fabulous idea. It's called Paper Chef. The sardines are delicious. <laughs> Lana's having sardines for breakfast. What are you having for breakfast? Weigh in. We'd love to know. Triple eight KFWB nine eight zero. We hope we've made you hungry enough to lick your radio when we come back. Brick chicken from Paul Martin's American Grill in Irvine. We're going to teach you how to make it. Brian Bennett right after the break. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Don't go away. This is a place for people who love to eat. Oh, we love to eat. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. 
You know, we have the best culinary thinkers, minds, restaurateurs committed to making the food world continue to grow and to excel. And this gentleman is one of them. We are proud to know Mr. B. Brian Bennett is the partner and co-owner of Paul Martin's American Grill and Paul Martin's American Bistro, which started up in Roseville up north here in California and then moved down to El Segundo with their first Southern California restaurant and has now forayed into Irvine at the Irvine Spectrum. It is the hottest new restaurant, and you can tell because there's a line out the door. And that means that people have really good taste. They know what a well-thought-out restaurant is. And Paul Martin's American Grill is a farm-to-table concept with sustainable, delicious, some of them organic food offerings. We are fans. We really admire the perseverance of this restaurant's partner, Brian Bennett, for his commitment to quality and community. And the food is so good. So we thought we would dish on what Paul Martin's American Grill is doing so well and hopefully allow you to get some of their tastes through the radio. Brian Bennett joins us live this morning. Good morning, Mr. B. Hey, Jamie, how are you this morning? Doing good. Lana and I here um, fantasizing about brick chicken being in the studio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it be with you, Lana. How are you this morning? <laughs> good, thank you. The perfect breakfast. <laughs> I was that thinking... would be. Chocolate ganache cake with cherries. Those cherries are so delicious, Brian. They, they're so delicious. The little nuggets of love that we have at Paul Martin's on um, every one of our plates that mm-hmm. people can experience. They're called amarine? Amarina cherries. Amarina mm-hmm. cherries. And mm-hmm. they're, um, they're from where? Where do you get yours? These come from Italy. They're one of the few things that we get uh, from outside the country, but they're so delicious. We have mm. to put a couple on uh, oh. every one of those chocolates. Now, you mm. can find them supposedly in other parts of Europe, but the best do come from Italy, and we've actually searched it. You can buy them online, and they are in this syrup, the most delectable little morsels and bursts of flavor that only make the chocolate taste even better. It's funny you mentioned, Brian, their little nuggets of flavor on the plate. Every plate at Paul Martin's has like a prize. The one thing even better than as delicious as the dish is, you could imagine, that you have to savor. Well, we just love putting uh, special taste on plates. Uh, well, and uh, we love for people to experience to go, what the heck is that? I mean, <laughs> even in the brick chicken that we're um, going to talk about, you know, we, we put little croutons that we, we make differently than, you know, most mm. people would ever do. And, and we hide spice flavors in there that, that, are, that are special to Paul Martin. So mm-hmm. they're available in the market. Most people wouldn't, you know, wouldn't think that, we would, uh, that you would make a crouton with those type of flavors. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that we do at Paul Martin's to, to make people. We want people to look at each other when they take a bite of our food and smile and say, God, what is that? Or this is the most delicious piece of skirt steak I've ever had. Mm. How do they do that? Okay, so how how do they do that? Tell us, because on the brick chicken, I would tell you the prize to me is the roasted garlic cloves that are scattered around the plate, still in their skins, that when you break open the skin, that caramelized garlic just oozes out and complements the juiciness of the bird. Yeah, it's pretty amazing, but it's pretty simple. I mean, we just take fresh, fresh uh, uh, garlic, comes from Gilroy, California, and uh, all we do is, is we... Um, we slow poach it or we come feed it in, 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 in olive oil. And uh, we just uh, oh. let it sit on the stove and, and it just it kind of poaches in its own skin in that olive oil and it's just delicious. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Brian Bennett just disclosed the secret. They're not roasted. They're cooked confit like you would a duck leg. 
and in the French style, in olive oil, in their paper, individual garlic cloves. Everyone right now, Brian, is running from their radio to their refrigerator, pulling out a whole bulb of garlic, breaking up the cloves, and putting olive oil in a sauce pot. Can you hear it? Well, I hope so. We're going to get the bread to go with that, right? Yeah, oh. So I could really enjoy it. Yeah, because the olive oil is all infused with the garlic flavor. So this is the making of the brick chicken at Paul Martin's American Grill. It is one of the most delicious dishes. Lana, I think it's one of your greatest addictions. Mm. I, it's it's one of those things you I, crave. I dream of it. You dream I, of I it. I really do. That's a compliment, My Mr. favorite Ray. chicken dish anywhere. Tell us more about how we could attempt at least to duplicate it at home. There are a lot of fabulous foodies listening to the show that would like to master brick chicken the way you do it. Well, you know what we do at all our dishes at Paul Martin's? First of all, we start with the best quality ingredients that we can find. And, uh, you know, the basis of brick chicken obviously would be chicken. So in Southern California, we happen to have um, a family of people uh, that grow um, great poultry uh, products or, or chickens, and Mary Pittman and her family, um, they're in Sanger, California, which is just a little north of Los Angeles, and they grow these chickens, they raise them uh, humanely, they um, are a sustainable ranch, they've been in business since the late 50s, and they supply Paul Martins with all of their, um, of all of our poultry products. And they sell actually Bristol Farms chicken as well. We had Mary Pittman on during the holidays for her turkey conversation that was really terrific to know how the animals are being treated so well well it is so we start with this great chicken um and we you know we take a whole chicken we do all our butchering in-house at paul martin's american grill um we 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 take the chicken and we 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 do what um and you could have the butcher do this but we take out the we, we debone the chicken so that we end up with a half uh two halves of chickens but there's no bones in it other than the small little joint that's uh the wing joint and we just marinate it, and we what we do is we take uh, fresh thyme and rosemary and garlic. Uh, we take a very light um, olive oil. It doesn't have to be an extra virgin olive oil because you don't want it too thick on the bird. And we just pulverize those uh, those herbs and a little bit of olive oil and salt and pepper, and we rub it on both sides of that chicken, and we put it away to sleep for 24 hours in the refrigerator because we want it to... To, to, to be able to rest a bit and get all these great flavors mm. in the oils. The idea is you don't want to grind up those um, those ingredients too much. You want the oils from the garlic and the rosemary and the thyme to kind of just, just break them up enough to get the oils coming out and just let it sit on the chicken. Now, Brian, while our chicken rests for 24 hours, we're going to take a quick break. When we okay. come back, we're going to finish the brick chicken dish from Paul Martin's American Grill. Brian Bennett in your radio. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Don't go away. Delivering the world of food directly to your radio. We hope this show will become a favorite of yours. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana, KFWB, News Talk 980. Brian Bennett, Mr. B at the helm of Paul Martin's American Grill, Irvine Spectrum, and El Segundo joins us. He's sharing the secrets. Shh, don't tell anybody about his brick chicken, what we think is the number one dish not only at his restaurant, but at a lot of restaurants around Southern California. This is one of my top five favorite foods, this brick chicken from Paul Martin's. And we got through marinating the chicken, Mr. B., and after it spent 24 hours in its thyme, rosemary, garlic, olive oil coating, then what? Well, then we just, uh, we have, a, you got to have a cup, you know, the tradition of uh, the brick, you got to have a weight because that, that chicken's not evenly um, 
it's a little thicker at one end where the breast is uh, compared to the thigh. So part of the deal is you get a pan really hot. We at Paul Martin's uh, put it on, a, you know, obviously a commercial stove. We get our pans screaming hot with a little bit of olive oil, and we drop, we put this chicken in there, skin side up, for just about a minute or two, and then we turn the chicken over, and we place a cast iron skillet on top of it to, to act like mm-hmm. a brick, and then we mm-hmm. pop it in the oven. Mm-hmm. And it's going to bake in that real hot oven, as hot as we can get it. We run it about 550 with the convection going, and it takes about six to eight minutes, and that skin will get really crisp on one side, mm-hmm. and it'll all be uniform in, in, uh, mm-hmm. in size when you pull it back out of the oven. Mm-hmm. You flip it back over, mm-hmm. and that, that crust, that skin will oh. be Oh, stop it. It's fabulous. Oh, my God. Fabulous. Brian, could, could the oil be... Uh-huh. Could the oil be used again <laughs> that after you confit it? Can you use that same oil again? Well, that oil doesn't ever touch the chicken. It's just kind of separate, Lana, and we use that um, olive oil for all kinds of things. So the so the garlic use. cloves are confit for the garnish on the dish. That yeah. olive oil could be used for bread dipping or marinating as well, and then the marinade for the chicken would get discarded after it came out. That's correct. Okay. So, Yep, and, and you know the the other key to this is there's a couple other keys. You got to make a really great chicken stock, and at Paul Martin's, like everything that we do, we we make the, all our stocks and our juice from scratch with bones, and we roast them, and we roast onions, and it's, you know, it's a uh, it's a uh, we start with about ten gallons of of chicken stock to make chicken jus, and we end up with nine quarts. So it's a reduction uh, with, with great flavors, and it. it takes us a while to do it, but the end result is this beautiful dark, uh, rich chicken stock or jew that we put on the plate uh, uh, with the chicken as we're plating it with some mm. big croutons that have been made with uh, za'atar, uh, Mediterranean spice that kind of brings a, a little difference, and then a little of that confit uh, garlic right on top along with it and a piece of rosemary, and, you know, there you go with some house-made mashed potatoes. Oh, it's, it's, it's such incredible comfort food. I think that's why we keep go back, going back for more. Okay, let's eat. Where's that brick chicken right now? You know, Brian, we both, Lana and I believe, and I believe all diehard foodies today, um, would agree that we seriously need more restaurants that use high quality, sustainable ingredients. And you've been committed to that since the beginning. So highlight, if you would, a few of your purveyors that make a difference in your dishes. Well, all the, the purveyors that make a difference in our dishes are the folks, uh, really, where there's so many. If you go to our website at paulmartinsamericanbistro.com and look at the purveyor, there's probably four or five pages of it if you print it out. We love to tell people about where we buy our food because we want them to know that we've made this commitment. The Strauss family with their, with their lamb, uh, the poultry from Mary's, uh, you know, all of our superior farms in Dixon, California, growing lamb for us. You know, the, the, the KPA Organics and the folks that the Kentner Canyons and Salad Farm and Sun Grown Organics out of San Diego and uh, Sausalito Springs and Hollandaise Produce from Carpinteria. There are so many little farms and, and producers of artisan cheeses and greens from around this state that, you know, they get picked today and they're in our restaurant tomorrow. And, they, we you know, if you go to Paul Martin's, you'll see that on our plates, um, are, it's, it's, it's local fish, it's, it's produce that comes out of today's gardens in, in California. So you're not going to get asparagus this month at Paul Martin's. There's no corn on our menu this month at Paul Martin's. But we've got artichokes from Castroville. We've got these beautiful little uh, nuggets of, of, uh, of uh, help me, what are those little deals that we're talking about? 
Okay. Oh, I'm a... Tell tell us where you're going with it, and I'll uh, try to help. To find my, my my little Brussels sprouts, excuse me, they're also yes. coming from Castroville, mm-hmm. and our broccolini from the valley. All of these things are on our plate today, along with this uh, our heirloom Spanish that comes to us year round from 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 our farmers here in this state. So right. I think when you eat our food, you you will you will taste the season, you'll taste the, the, the difference in what we're doing. It's all minimally processed. We mm-hmm. don't, we make everything from scratch at Paul Martin's and, and everything that we buy from our artisan producers, so important to what we're doing. I think it's mm-hmm. really impressive to know that 40 partnerships with thoughtful local farmers and artisan food makers have been developed through Paul Martin's, 80% of whom are located in Northern California, and that's what makes California cuisine. And I think if you ask many restaurants, they wouldn't be able to tell you that 10% of the product in their restaurant comes from their own state, or they might not even know where it comes from. It comes from a larger conglomerate, a company that ships in or delivers products off of a list that these chefs ordered and while they taste good they don't have the same commitment and that's what sets you apart on chefjamie.com we have featured a paul martin's recipe the marinated skirt steak lana Mm. with the roasted maple bourbon sweet potatoes and that beautiful bunch of arugula that sits right Mm. on top as Brian said, all of the flavors are just fabulous. It's clean, approachable food it that is. you just want to keep going back for all the time. And thank you for sharing the recipe, Mr. B, because now everyone can make the mustard marinade for the steak and the sweet potatoes, and you can make Paul Martin's marinated skirt steak at home. Go to the website at chefjamie.com, and it'll link you through to the restaurant. Okay, Mr. B, we want your personal opinion on food here. For the last few minutes uh, of our conversation, you have a beautiful artisanal cheese and charcuterie platter what's your favorite cheese of the season oh the fa- my favorite cheese of the season it has to be uh the laura chanel goat cheese this time of year mm-hmm. uh, and and i also like the point raised toma cheese which is uh, a, a, a farmer's cheese that the giacomani family from point raised is making right now why do you mention goat cheese at this time of year well, because the goat cheese that we use has been aged for six months mm. and in extra virgin olive oil. It's a specialty cheese that Laura Chanel makes. And so the goats, this milk came from the summer. And wow. uh, when they're all eating uh, the grasses that were green in the Sonoma Valley and the cheese is, I think, at its richest and, and, and it, it's most delectable right now. And so this cheese that were was made six months ago because it's marinated in extra virgin olive oil and herbs and spices for six months before we put it on the plate. Mm-hmm. So it's it's, it's kind of like summer. It's like if you open up a jar of, um, if you put up some tomatoes from your garden or peppers from your garden when you're picking it and you in the middle of winter you get to experience that flavor uh, that remember that you remember from the garden. Oh, and the tangy, wonderful sort of zing of the goat cheese that's softened by the richness of the olive oil. You just took me there. And the best glass of wine to drink with it, Brian? Uh, uh, you know, the best glass of wine would be a, a flavor of wine that you enjoy. And, and I love um, anything from the Napa Valley would be okay with me. Okay. Well, we'll we'll sit down for a glass with you. There's a rosé champagne, a sparkler on the oh, Paul Martin's American Trumpsburg. Grill. Yes, menu mm-hmm. that is 
delightful as well. So enjoy happy hour, uh, get a tasting of their small plates, go and sit down and have a hearty, wonderful comfort food meal that you really almost can't make as good at home. Paul Martin's American Grill, our new favorite hotspot at Irvine Spectrum in Irvine is the sister restaurant to Paul Martin's American Bistro in El Segundo and the third restaurant up in Roseville. This is a partnership between Paul Fleming, the famed restaurateur who created Fleming's Steakhouse and so many restaurants that we love and a dream of Brian Bennett's to create the next stage of restaurant. And with, you know, what we found at the fancy food show, Mr. B, you are... Two steps ahead, the sustainable organic commitment is going to be, we hope, followed by many more chefs to follow in your footsteps, mm-hmm. and we hope to see more restaurants of yours popping up all around Southern California. Brian is a true visionary. Yes. No doubt. That you are. And now you can go back to sleep after a late <laughs> night. <laughs> well, I don't think I'm going back to sleep, but thank you so much for your time today and letting me share uh, all about Paul Martin's American Beaster with your listeners. I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Well, we certainly love having you. Thank you for disclosing the secrets to brick chicken. Everybody's running to confit garlic cloves. You can find the skirt steak marinade recipe and all at chefjamie.com. And we'll see you at Paul Martin's American Grill soon. When we come back, we're celebrating Chinese New Year. And in fact, the year of the dragon. I love, Lana, what we were talking about before we got into the studio this morning. Chinese New Year is, of course, played a plays a big role when it comes to food Mm -hmm. and the chinese word for lobster is related to dragon which represents positive energy which means we should be eating a lot of lobster Mm -hmm. this week which means you will be very happy (laughs) (laughs) i love that idea uh nina simons when we come back with simple asian meals gung hei fat choy we're celebrating chinese new year in your radio chef jamie gwen along with lana don't go away This is Food Conversation that fits your life, an easy way to get your quick fix of culinary entertainment. There's nowhere else I'd rather be than Sunday mornings here and in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana, KFWB News Talk 980, serving up seconds. And in fact, two recipes excerpted from this book, Simple Asian Meals by Nina Simons, available on our website at chefjamie.com. We're celebrating the Year of the Dragon. In fact, tonight starts the Chinese New Year and Gung Hai Fat Choi to you. Oh, and Gung Hai Fat Choi to you. Well, thank you. There is uh, a lot of beautiful representation of food and culture in the celebrations of Chinese New Year. And we thought what a wonderful opportunity to highlight the bright, healthful, wonderful flavors of Asian cuisine with a noted author and a um, incredible resource and expert on the Asian cooking and uh, all of its ingredients and all the wonderful things that you can do with an Asian pantry. Nina Simons is a leading authority on Asian cooking. She's a regular contributor to great magazines and epicurious.com and her website spicesoflife.com has um, some really interesting information about spices for health, which I just loved reading through. And we're delighted to have you, Nina, on the radio. Congratulations on your new book, Simple Asian Meals. Thank you so much for having me on, and yeah, Happy New Year, guys. Yes, Ah, thank you. You know, the dragon year is, uh, dragon is a fantastic sign, and dragon years 
are always filled with good fortune. Mm. So we're hoping that this is definitely going to be a good fortune-filled dragon year because we desperately need one. Yes, yes don't we, though. we do. And we would like to eat our way to a prosperous new year. How do yes. you suggest? Where do we start? Okay. <laughs> Well, there are, you know, the Chinese believe that there are, for Chinese New Year, there are certain foods that are de rigueur that you really should eat. And those, many of those foods symbolize prosperity or good health or good luck. Um, to begin with, everybody very often eats spring rolls, which which look like and symbolize gold bricks, so that's money. Um, they also will eat um, um, dumplings that are pan-fried, gortia, and those uh, look like the ancient golden coins. But um, Chinese also love to eat noodles, which symbolize longevity, and in eating the noodles, it's believed that you will have a long, prosperous, and healthy life. Mm. Um, you, which is, means fish in Chinese, is similar to the word bounty, so you'll often find either a whole fish on a Chinese banquet table or um, actually sometimes people just put out the figure of a whole fish and um, lettuce um, symbolizes rising fortune so it's not unusual to see dishes that might be hand wrapped in lettuce leaves, mm. uh, clams imply receptivity to good fortune so there are and then there's this sticky chinese cake called nian gao which um you can have you make it steamed and then you pan fry it and the roundness symbolizes the unity of the family mm-hmm. and um it's so the, it's it's you know it's the main holiday of the of the Chinese lunar calendar. So and it's I, a big deal. It is a big deal, Nina. I love the significance of food for the Asian cultures because yeah. as you just mentioned, all of those foods have a tie to our prosperity, to right. how the year is going to play out, to mm-hmm. uh I saw you talk about kumquats on your website, in your blog mm-hmm. as well. Uh, right. you know, some foods meant better for men than for women. The fact uh-huh. that like you mentioned the noodles, I love your your supposed to slurp the noodle because you wouldn't want to break the chain of longevity yeah so yeah, you keep you it long right noodles. it's I, considered bad luck I, you I, snip I, your noodles but i think you know i've written 11 books which is hard from even for me to believe but but with simple asian meals i really try to make asian food accessible because i think a lot of people think that asian food implies it's it's very labor intensive definitely and with this book i really use as many convenience foods in the supermarket as as you can find i mean the shredded carrots vegetables rotisserie chickens we now can get fantastic grains mm. in Isn't the supermarket true? and so i've i've really paired back the recipes so that they still have 
fantastic flavor, but they're also accessible. And, you know, a busy cook can come home from work and maybe have a few things in their pantry, but really throw a delicious, healthy meal together. All right, Nina, let's talk that pantry. And that is the point of your book. That's what I got. These are the things I got from uh, Simple Asian Meals. Far East flavor doesn't have to mean spending hours in the kitchen. And if you've ever left an Asian restaurant and thought, I wonder what was in that delicious sauce in your new book, Now We Know. So it's heavy on vegetables. It's light on oils, light on fats. It has recipes that have been streamlined for Chinese, Japanese, Thai, and Vietnamese dishes. And most of them are in a single pot, which I love. So exactly. we have we have about two meal minutes. Meal in one dish. Yeah, meal in a dish. We have about two minutes, Nina. So these are our questions for you. Give us your top three pantry staples, if you would, for what we need to make great Asian dishes at home. Top three. Well, yes, I please. guess you'd have to have soy sauce. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, I would say top three. Um, well, I would also have um, some toasted sesame oil. I was going to say, and, or sesame seeds. Or not, um, I know it sounds weird, olive oil, because I use olive oil with all my cooking. And I but, thought you might um, say five spice powder. One of the things I loved about your book is that the idea of Asian flavors comes into play in a, a carrot soup, which you have carrots in your fridge now, with the yeah. inclusion of five spice powder, which gives that Asian flavor. Mm-hmm. And then there's lots of great stir fries in the book, too. Lana and I love, Nina, some of your combinations. So share with us a couple of quick stir fry combos for midweek cooking. Oh, sure. Well, there's a terrific um, stir-fried chicken and a black bean sauce. Mm. There is some green beans. Here's some stir-fried turkey tenderloin and oyster sauce. There's the black bean over rice noodles. There's a Mm. wonderful, simple, but delicious golden scallion ginger scallop. That's what I'm making. Mm. That is just fantastic. And that would be a lovely New Year's dish as well. Mm, um, I like that then idea. I have this new fried rice by Ming Tsai that uses brown rice rather than um, white rice. Oh, but very nice. I, I mm. also have some gingery shrimp with asparagus and mm. edamame. So the idea is, and I've always felt this, is to use these recipes as a general guide and then to see what you have on hand. So if you don't happen to have that particular vegetable, then substitute and use what you have that's available. So as you can see in this book, I use a lot of local um, vegetables that are um, Swiss chard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very seasonal approach. Are available. Mm-hmm. Which is really There's nice. Saucy hoisin pork roll-ups with mm-hmm. water chestnuts. And a slightly spicy hoisin sauce wrapped in lettuce right. leaves. Um, Good and we love that you use seasonal. seasonal vegetables mm-hmm. with meats. And if you don't have time to stir fry um, chicken yourself, then use part of a rotisserie chicken and cut slices of chicken. Yeah, there's great substitutes in the book, Nina, that yes. you're pointing out. And we love to use seasonal vegetables with ginger juice, which brings yeah, good health to the family for the entire year, love which is that. what we want to do. Love that. I'm making yes. your... I think the, other, the only other point I want to make is that um, many people feel that 
Um, it, Asian food is not only labor-intensive, but it needs it's very salty. And I think it's one of the few cuisines where you can up all the other seasonings, the so, the uh, the ginger, the garlic, the sesame, and really get this incredible um, satisfaction out of those flavors and reduce, if you have to, the, the amount of soy. We will do and that, Nina. Thank you. a really flavorful dish. We appreciate your input and your passion for Asian cuisine. I'm making sesame corn on the cob first from Nina Simon's new book, Simple Asian Meals. You'll find it in stores and on Amazon now. Grab a snack and come on back because the delicious conversation continues. Master sommelier Michael Jordan in your radio. Right after the break, Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. We thank you for listening. There's a whole second hour coming up now. Welcome to the second hour of Delicious Conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Informative, entertaining, and delicious culinary information abounds. We're making you a culinary genius, a foodie in the know. This is where sizzling good eats live. We're sharing gastronomic wisdom. We believe this is the radio show in Southern California with the truest taste. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Welcome to the second hour of Delicious Conversation. Be sure to check out ChefJamie.com. Coming up, we're going to talk about some Super Bowl fare, some delicious dips, a cocktail and more, and the recipe of the week, which honors Chinese New Year. Lots of great holidays with an excuse to eat coming up. And this hour, we'll be joined later by Jim Villas to celebrate ground meat and everything you can do with ground beef, turkey, pork, and so much more. He has written a new book called From the Ground Up, and he joins us. But first, we want to welcome you to the ranch, the newest hotspot that has come to Orange County, a venue like no other, a 20,000-square-foot restaurant with a wine cellar of 18,000 bottles, a saloon featuring live country music, spectacular food from the hands of Chef Michael Rossi, and the talent of Michael Jordan, master sommelier and vice president of food and beverage, is doing the two-step, and he's doing it quick because there's a line around the door. In that fabulous (laughs) saloon at the ranch. That's right, and out Outside the building, it's Anaheim's hottest new venue, and we're taking you there. Michael Jordan joins us live to dish on his new baby. Hey, MJ, good morning. Hey, good morning. <laughs> Lana, Chef Jamie. Oh, good morning, Michael. We're glad to have you back and in the radio, and we're delighted to celebrate your new opening. It's quite a fabulous place. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. Yeah, we're having so much fun. What a great success immediately. That it is. Give Ooh. everyone an idea of what the ranch uh, really stands for to you. Well, what we've got is, um, I think, uh, Southern California's newest upscale dining restaurant and a wine destination for sure, right next door to a cowboy club. It's the restaurant and the club. They're separate. They're together. Uh, but we, we've had, as you say, a line around the the building getting in the uh, the saloon, which is really going to, I think, become uh, and I, 
guess it's going to become a landmark for country music and dancing and it's got a big stage and a dance floor and, and two bars and, and just a lot of fun in the saloon. And then over in the restaurant, which is actually separate, there are two separate entrances. The restaurant, we've got Chef Michael Rossi, who you know well, uh, cooking what I call uh, American regional, uh, I think it's like wine country meets the farm. We're bringing the... You know, we say, oh, we're, we're bringing the farm to the table. Mm -hmm. I think we brought the table to the farm. I, <laughs> I think you growing, did, too. Growing a lot of our own organic produce and or, heirloom vegetables in season and so forth. And uh, it's it, it's kind of uh, a creation of the vision of Andrew Edwards, who is the owner of Extron Company and now the ranch, who had a vision and wanted to have a place where he can two-step and dance because he's a snappy dancer hmm. with his daughter and his fiance in a in a real clean upscale, you know, country music venue, and then have a great restaurant to go to afterwards. And that's what we're we're trying to put forward. And it, I have to tell you, I'm having the most fun I've ever had working on this project. Well, we could see it on your face. I, I will tell you, everyone in the restaurant is enthused to be there, and I happen to be a closet country music lover i haven't told anybody yet um, uh, you're not out yet no i don't don't Shh. tell anyone please but i believe that the ranch is giving roots to country music lovers and those that appreciate fabulous food in orange county and there isn't a place like it and then it has aside from a saloon and uh disco ball guitars that turn on the top of the stage when you walk in there you can't do anything but smile when there are a bunch of people in cowboy boots doing the two-step for class at 6 30 you know every night and then when you walk next door i think it really enthused me to know that you could put a venue, a club, a country music concert next door to what is cutting edge cuisine. Michael Rossi is a great talent. He comes from Napa Rose. He trains under Andy Sutton. He has a, a really impressive background and he's made food that isn't intimidating, but that's very current. Uh, we had rabbit. Very approachable. Very approachable. I agree. We had rabbit gnocchi. We had popovers with homemade jam. We had a beautiful seared fish in a broth with clams and gorgeous heirloom tomatoes just bursting with flavor. There were so many different flavors and seasonal dishes. And I, I like Michael's approach to food. He really wants you to eat, you know, and all the Melissa's produce that he's using and from your garden as well. It was everything culminated in one michael and a big congratulations to you because this has been your your work for what almost two years now almost two years you know wow. andrew is cool he built us a uh, a research and development kitchen that uh, chef michael rossi was cooking in for over a year before we moved into the site mm -hmm. because what we've done is constructed a six-story building on ball road uh, in Anaheim, and the bottom floor is dedicated to the ranch. One side's the restaurant, the other side's the saloon. And as you're saying, you know, I really think Michael Rossi is our next rising up, yeah, next rising star chef in mm -hmm. Southern California. Quite yeah. honestly, no doubt. I'm happy he's with me because <laughs> this kid can cook. Oh, this kid I, can cook. Oh, I agree. My, 
We had the best yeah. seat in the house. In fact, someone wrote me on Facebook. In the kitchen. It wasn't even a seat. <laughs> That's right, Lana. Lana and I positioned ourselves around all of the best servers and back waiters we know from every restaurant that have now gone to the hottest new place, the ranch, right next to Michael. We uh, And that is Rossi. And then you, MJ, walked in. And Chef turned around to me and goes, you hungry? I said, uh, yeah, yes, we're, we're hungry, chef. He said, good, stand right there. And as all the food exited the kitchen, our group of friends and fabulous foodies just stood and just, I mean, enjoyed truly every morsel. The food and the uh, very non-intimidating style lends itself to your wine cellar as well. Tell everyone, go ahead, brag. You have an 18,000 bottle cellar. Fancy well, pants? We have, <laughs> we have about 500 wines that are currently on the list at any one time, and they're in a very deep cellar from which to rotate and expand and, and grow and, and change seasonally. And um, we've got some really spectacular bottles that just aren't available anywhere else. And then we've got a lot of, you know, real familiar, uh, very comfortable wines that people recognize. And from $7.50 to $7,500, whatever your taste may be, we've got it. And But as you're saying, and what I love to do, as you know me, I'm the sommelier for the people, we like to offer wine in a very unintimidating, yet very respectful way. But it's not stuffy, it's just fun. Make it easy and make it delicious and, and enjoy it and share it and have fun. Okay, so let's have a little fun, sommelier, for the people. Since the ranch isn't open yet this morning, maybe you could pair for us beer and wine for the big game. Because with country music, a great bar, and fabulous food, I do think of football. And we're kicking off this morning's show by talking about Super Bowl. But we still have two games today that we have to eat all the way through. So if... Uh, and we'll we'll get to beer in just a moment. But if we start with, let's say, wine for the chips, you've got some salty, crunchy plan on your buffet. Uh, oh, great, Master Sommelier. What's the perfect pairing? Well, I'm going sparkling wine with anything. Chips, popcorn, salty, yeah. that yeah. kind of thing. And I, I would love champagne, but sometimes we just can't afford champagne. So I'll go with cava or prosecco. Mm-hmm. And uh, or a great California sparkler, you yeah. know, and we've got such great California sparkling wine, Transburg, Scharfenberger. And if you don't want to break the bank, heck, just go with some. And yeah, I'm going to say it. You're going to laugh. Corbell. I knew he was going there. Supermarket, but it's pretty darn good for the price. You know, the first time I tasted Corbell in a long time was with you. And I remember the bottle was wrapped and you said, Jamie, taste this. This is a while back, in fact. (laughs) And like any, you know, great student, I said, sure, here's my glass. Mm -hmm. And I remember drinking it and thinking, well, this is light and... Oh, it tastes good. It has nice small it bubbles. Is nice. And I asked you what it was, and you pulled off the napkin, and I remember thinking, oh, God, what did I just say? Yeah. But Corbell really is an easy-drinking, inexpensive bubbly. And if you were making, like, cheesy nachos with a little bit of jalapeno heat, like I have a sirloin jalapeno nacho on the website, Michael, you could yeah. drink Corbell really easily. Well, you know, and, and then again, like we were saying there, if you want to uh, step that up, you've got Tramsburg, Sharpenberger, mm-hmm. uh, Chandon. These are great California sparkling wines, yep. but 
Well, let's not forget, you know, if you want to spring, if you're going for the big game, and, oh, by the way, gang, we're going to be open for the Super Bowl at the saloon at 1 o'clock. Wow. Uh, which we're not usually open in the daytime, but for this day, I mean, I think we'll start a tradition because they got all the great TVs and, oh. um, you know, it's in the sound system in there, as you know, is like Meyer Sound, state-of-the-art that sound system was in the Mississippi for yeah. the Wow. And there's like 1,500 yeah. TVs and, and in that. And this is on <laughs> Super Bowl Sunday? Super Bowl Sunday. We'll wow, be we'll right be there. And, Too yeah, cool. We'll be cooking and, and having some fun. But, you know, if, if uh, you want to celebrate a really big, big festive occasion, well, why not spring for some true champagne from the Champagne region of France? And in the supermarket, it's not that expensive. And I think... A lot of people really enjoy, you know, the familiar brands, Veuve Clicquot, Yellow Label, that type of thing. Michael, before, uh, wait, Michael, before you give yeah. your 2012 Super Bowl champagne pick away, we have to take a quick break. That'll, okay. that'll keep them coming back. Uh, the bubbly Michael Jordan's pick right after this. Chef Jamie, Gwen, and Lana, don't go away. <laughs> the most passionate food and wine lovers Make a reservation every Sunday to be right here. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. Two hours of delicious conversation and fabulous food. Start Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. right here on KFWB News Talk 980. We're serving up seconds at ChefJamie.com where you'll find the radio recipe of the week. It's an authentic Chinese barbecue spare rib to celebrate the year of the dragon, Gung Hai Fat Choi. Cook with Lana. Her Lana's blue cheese buffalo wings are posted on the website as well by popular demand. We mentioned these last week and people went crazy. The dip is included in the wings and we're going to dish on them before Mm. the end of the hour. But, oh, are those good. Oh, what would Michael pair with that? Oh, that's a good question. Michael Jordan, Master Sommelier, Vice President of Food and Beverage for the Ranch, Anaheim's newest hot spot country saloon, two-step, and fabulous food from Chef Michael Rossi in a restaurant right next door that fills a corner and the line fills the block. Trust us, you have to go to the ranch. He joins us live. MJ, Lana makes these uh, buffalo wings, but she puts the blue cheese dressing essentially, in the wing. So you coat the wing, right, Lana? You brush the blue cheese spread right on the wing, then dip it in some uh, some flour. Or cornstarch. Oh, right. And then uh, fry it or bake it. And then toss it in your uh, hot sauce and honey and little sugar. Buffalo, just buffalo coating. They're the most incredible things you've ever had, MJ. Mm-hmm. And oh they, they will need something to sip. Okay, now, how's, how hot and spicy? How much heat is in this thing, or is it really well-balanced and not too hot? Uh, well-balanced and not too hot. Okay, yeah, then, I now, agree. because you got the little bit of heat, you got the blue cheese, you know, with all that beautiful, savory, juicy flavor from the chicken, uh, you can go so many different directions. If it was really hot and spicy, if you had a lot of chili in there, I would say go with something off-dry, you know, like a, a, like a Riesling or... Um, maybe a Chenin Blanc that has a little bit of sweetness, but not too much. But because you don't have that, you can go so many different directions. It's not too hot. You can use crisp white wine. You can, again, use your sparkling wine. And I've got one for you. It's a cava mm. from Paul Cheneau called Lady of Spain. And when you, when you um, sm- smell the aroma on this wine, it smells like Martinelli's apple cider. Ooh. But it tastes like a beautiful, crisp, fresh, light, dry white wine. 
And I think with that, with the blue cheese and and that little bit of zip from that vinegary barbecue. Oh, you nice! Know, the, yeah, the bo- the 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 zing <laughs> yeah. from the blue. I happen to yeah. love Martinelli's cider. I think that the nose of crisp apple is very appealing to lots of palates. Oh yeah, and that's what's so surprising with this sparkling wine because as soon as you smell it. You think of that cider immediately. It's just like beautiful apple juice smell. But then you taste it, and it's got all this citrus and some apple and pear and all those things Paul Cheneau. All right, we're going to have to try it. Paul Cheneau. Very inexpensive from Spain. Good cava. Love it. Okay, go back, though, if you would, MJ, because you were going to give us your 2012 pick for French champagne if we were willing to break the bank just a little bit. Well, I'm going to stay with the typical and and thing – thing that people know, recognize, and love. And one of the top-selling champagne that we have at the ranch is Ruf Clicquot, yellow label. It's in the supermarket. Mm. The flavor doesn't change from year to year. No, everybody loves affordable. it. Yes. You know, I mean, I, I'm not going to try to go extreme and, and be so eclectic. I like to I like to stay with things people know and love. I mean, we can certainly provide a producer that you can't pronounce, remember, or find, but we are happy to Buy something that's available everywhere and people can get enough of. You want to buy a case, they got it there for you. Yeah, and I happen to like, along with the new, some presence of not the old per se, but the much loved. Because sometimes it is good just to go back to what you know. And with that said, uh, let's say you're going with what you love for Super Bowl. What's the best wine for the pizza, wine for chili? Uh, wine for brownies. Okay, uh, pizza. I'm going with Zinfandel, hands down. California Zinfandel, like California Zinfandel. strawberry jam, as you say. Yeah, and then there's others now. You get from Amador County uh, or even Dry Creek. Now some folks are making Zinfandel that isn't just a giant jammy fruit bomb. That's a little more of an Chianti style, and it's just mm. perfect with anything with red sauce, Italian. Nice. Food, you know. Okay, and wine brownies, for chili. Well, chili, you know, you've got that big savory flavor, that thing going on. And I think that, you know, Syrah or even maybe Petite Syrah, which is another step higher in tannin, depending how much heat on the chili, depending how much heat you got there. If you got a lot of heat, I go with beer. And, like, uh, because wine has higher alcohol than beer, and hot chili pepper and spicy things make the alcohol go off and get hotter so, like, at the ranch right now, we're pouring this Ballast Point Sculpin IPA, which is the number one IPA in the country right now. It's just amazing. So floral and aromatic on the nose. And then you drink it, and it's got this little kick bite to it, but layers and layers of intense flavor, but so fresh. Can you talk Sculpin. IPAs, please, Michael? Because they are the current darling in the brewing world. And while it stands for India Pale Ale, it has nothing to do with India at all. Well, right. Well, and this is a little bit stronger beer. It's going to have something that's got a kick to it uh, and, and a tangy, well, not tangy, but a more um, kind of tart, slightly bitterness to it on the finish. Uh, and it's a substantial beer. It's not like, you know, it's as big and tough as a dark beer. But uh, certainly it's it's not a, just like a light Pilsner or something that's really clean and crisp and just totally refreshing. It's much more substantial. It stands up to food. I think for those buffalo wings that you're talking about mm. with the beautiful blue cheese uh, in the preparation, 
Lana, this yes. IPA, and I'm going to go against Colton. This thing is outrageous. We sell out almost every day. We got to put a keg in, and then oh. it's gone. It's What's it called again, Michael? Sculpin is Sculpin. the name of the beer, and it's from Ballast Point Brewery down in San Diego. Folks, Local. look it up. It's Love it. pretty amazing. Sculpin. And before we go, I just want to remind everyone, our, yes. our website is theranch.com. Theranch.com. We've got it. There's a new wine on the horizon, too, that we can't wait to taste. And when you come back next time, we'd like to talk about Native Nine. This is a gentleman okay. whose roots are in, in Anaheim, Anaheim, right? His family, in fact. They oh. named it Anaheim. Name the city. To tell this story. Nine generations in California. They named the Santa Maria River and Santa Maria Valley. How cool is uh, that? Is, yeah. James Onaveros, coolest guy. We'll tell his story next time. We Definitely. look forward to that. Okay, for the brownies, uh, I learned from you, so hopefully I'm uh, in line and on track if I say Oregonian Pinot Noir. Yeah, I would like that. I would like that. But you know, there's this, uh, there's a wine from the island of Pantelleria just off of Sicily. Yeah. It's a Pasito. Pasito is a wine that's made out of dried grapes. We dry them in the sun. We press them and you get this rich, unctuous, golden, just amazing, beautiful wine. Bring it on. Acidity and flavor and raisins and just Love amazing it. flavor with brownies. Oh my gosh. Pasito di Pantelleria from the island of Pantelleria just off Pasito of Sicily in the Mediterranean. C O L O S I. You have it at the ranch? Oh, yes, we do. We'll be there for it. Yeah, we've got Native Nine. we got a Native, native oh, Nine there. And, well, just about any other wine you want. You know we've got it. He yes. always goes back to his Italian roots. Here's my beer pairing for the beer buzz and wine wisdom conversation that comes to an end with Michael Jordan. I found the perfect beer for a Super Bowl party, Michael. It would make you cr- proud. It's called Victory Lager. And it doesn't matter who who you're you're voting for, bidding for, or betting on. If you want your team to win, there must be victory lager in the building. We will see you at the ranch soon. We can't wait. Michael, congratulations. It really is an incredible The energy, the food, the live music is all fabulous. Yes, I agree. Thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. I hope your team wins. Thank you. I'll see you for dinner. I'll see you for dinner. Bye, gang. See see you you soon. soon. Bye. Another Cork Report coming up soon with Michael Jordan. The ranch in Anaheim. What a place. When we come back, we're going to build great... Great dishes from the ground up. Cookbook author Jim Villis with all his passion right after this. Quarterbacks, get ready. Two big games today. Football fanatics rejoice. There are recipes galore at ChefJamie.com. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. You're listening to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. That's me. Find me on Facebook and Twitter under Chef Jamie Gwen. And we're always serving up seconds on the website where, by the way, you'll find a new cocktail you'll love posted for all of the Super Bowl lovers who think that beer is the only buzz, the true American cocktail for a football game. I will say that there is better, and I challenge you to make your beer better. There was a refreshing drink that was developed in Britain in the mid-1800s called a shandy, and it has since been elevated, and it is cooler than ever. It was originally comprised of beer mixed with lemonade, or you could do it with ginger ale, or then it elevated to ginger beer, which we know isn't alcoholic at all, but adds fabulous flavor and a really big boost of spiciness. But I like to make the drink from scratch, and so I... 
I prepare a homemade ginger lemonade, preferably made with Melissa's Meyer lemons in season right now, with the added flavor of mint for freshness. So cheers to you. May the best team win. You'll find my Super Bowl Shandies recipe at chefjamie.com. Check it out. Lana and I are sharing our outlook on the food world every Sunday morning, and this gentleman is one of the best culinary thinkers in the country. He's one of our favorite guests. He has the most tremendous passion, and he is an incredible cookbook author with so many books having been penned by him. He's become a very big name in the food world over many years. He was the food and wine editor of Town & Country magazine for 27 of those years, and his work has appeared in Food & Wine, Saveur, Gourmet, Bon Appetit, The New York Times. He's the author of 16 cookbooks about food. He's been nominated for James Beard Awards galore. And the last time he joined us, we were talking about pig, king of the southern table. I love the way he says pig, too. There is something truly, tremendously fabulous about this gentleman's southern style. And we love when Jim Villas joins us. Socked in in snow. There's nothing else he can do than talk for 20 minutes with me. I love it, Jim. Welcome. Good to be here, Jamie. Yeah, we're glad to have you, Lana and I. Congratulations. The new book is called From the Ground Up. Tell us about it. Jamie, first of all, I had a hard time hearing you. You're having a hard time hearing me. All right, let us boost uh, boost it up at the studio. How's that? Is that better? It, it was doing fine a minute ago, and now it's, it's just kind of faint to me. Okay, let's see if we need to keep testing it. Otherwise, we'll, uh, we'll, well Jordan, are you there? Let's see if we can fix Jim's line. Otherwise, we'll start over with that phone call again. All right, let's get Jim back on the line, Jordan, if we could. Terrific. Working on it now. Uh, I wanted to mention, Lana, with Super Bowl quickly upon us, I am in a dip kind of mood. I've decided that I'm just putting out uh, a whole slew of dips for Super Bowl, and you're making the popcorn, okay, just so you know, because this is going to be the next hot recipe at ChefJamie.com after blue cheese buffalo wings. Oh, just the name alone. Okay, wait, 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 wait. I have to prepare myself. Okay. Okay, A drum roll. A drum roll, please. Here we go. Maple and Jack peanut popcorn. When you say Jack, you mean like Guy Fieri's favorite Jack, right? You got it. Jack Daniels. Yeah. Of course. A bottle of Jack. (laughs) Say it again. Maple. And Jack. Peanut popcorn. Okay. You are definitely bringing the popcorn. You think I'll be invited to a lot of parties? (laughs) I'm hoping. I think you just got invited to (laughs) uh, a, a good, I don't know, million or so parties from our listenership. Tell us about the popcorn. Well, you cook the popcorn. You pop it, shall I say, in baking grease. Okay, you had that me. That is flavor alone. You had me at hello. Keep going, <laughs> okay. if you would. I, then you mix together some jack and maple syrup with a little bit of butter, and you reduce that. Right. Then, after the popcorn has been popped in the baking grease, you just scatter the little bit of the uh, glaze <laughs> syrup over Take me the now. popcorn and mix in about a cup of peanuts. Of course you do. And then you could even add pancetta to it that has been baked crispy. Yes, because you bacon could... grease was not enough. Well, you always have to decorate the top. You Big have... on pig, baby. <laughs> Bring it on. That pancetta is for uh, Jim. I, I like that. <laughs> and, and there's um, more to the recipe, a method, in fact, so that you can duplicate Lana's maple jack 
peanut, peanut popcorn. popcorn at home for your big game party. It'll be posted at chefjamie.com. It's a cook with Lana recipe next week. Jim, we're glad to have you back. We were just dishing on Super Bowl and football while we, uh, we, we fixed that phone line. Is this better? Yeah, I think we're okay now. Okay, good. I'm glad. Okay, so tell us a little bit about From the Ground Up, because when I think, what a great title, by the way, when I think of ground meat, I think of comfort food. You think it comes from what? Oh, I think of comfort food. Well, nothing is more. I don't think anything is more. What can be more comforting than ground meat? You know, uh, one time, Jamie, Craig Claven once told me, I said, Craig, the proverbial question you know what, what about your last meal and without blinking an eye he said anything with ground meat huh and, amazing uh, I, it's always you know i did a lot of traveling and the reason i did this book is uh i like to tell people it's beyond burgers and meatloaf because all over the world every country jamie has their own special ground meat ground poultry ground seafood uh dishes you know and americans just don't know about them no, that's true. That's very true. And there's more to ground beef. There's ground pork. There's ground turkey. There are lots of different, some leaner meats that you can use in a variety of dishes. And whether it be ground lamb to make a meatball or to put right. into a pita sandwich, lots of new flavors that I don't think we really utilize the best of. We don't utilize 1%. And when you think about French canals and Greek dolmatis and Brazilian cod fritters and Cornish pasties and, you know, various South American empanadas and plain old Mexican Montezuma pie or Italian mm. crostini. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, it's, a, it's a whole cooking world to itself, Jamie, a wonderful world. And I said, let me put this on a global scale and just go the whole route. So I did, and it's about ground meat dishes all over the world. And so give us a few choice words on ground meat. It's all about the chill factor. And I've always said that when I make my meatballs, Jim, is that the liquid that you add needs to be cold so that the fat stays congealed so that when you cook it, the fat is juicy and oozes all throughout whatever it is you're making, correct? Well, Jamie, not only that, but remember also that as far as the cold factor is concerned that if you, as I encourage you to do in the book, if you learn or get in the habit of grinding your own meat Mm. it is so much easier and it works so much better to chill anything that you put in that grinder good suggestions and what about um, when it comes to fat jim you know in the market we're so accustomed to choosing by the percentages you can buy 22 percent ground beef you can buy 17 percent you to grind your own yes you have total control over fat you have total control over seasoning. You have total control over everything, over texture, everything, if you grind your own. And what are you cooking with lately? Tell us. Uh, ground lamb, ground pork, ground turkey? Well, I'll tell you, since I'm not a big football fan, but my neighbors are, and I'm going to take them some things for the event, you know. What I've been dicing lately, very finely dicing, not grinding, is some lobster to do my lobster rolls, which are incredible. Uh, you'll see them in the book there. You know, I do them on toasted hot dog rolls, you know, with a tarragon brandy mayo. Ooh. And it's this wonderful, you know, really left, you call it leftover lobster if you want to, with just celery and capers. Mm. And that's what I'm playing with. I'm playing with those. Plus, I'm going to do some sloppy joes. 
Oh, wait, wait, stop there. Okay, Sloppy Joes. <laughs> this is something that originated, and uh, Jim being a culinary historian, I love the background to all of the dishes in the mm-hmm. book. But uh, you mentioned during the 1950s or early 60s, and in the Southwest, it was made of nothing but ground beef and some vegetable and ketchup. But That's you've correct. really, you've brought them so far. Well, I got exposed <laughs> to what I already call, te- I, I call them Tex-Mex Sloppy Joes. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, you, you know, if you, to that meat, if you add some chili powder and some cumin and some oregano, and also, you know, why not throw a jalapeno in there? Then you've got really what Texans call a chili on a bun. Oh, and perfect that is fruit. a real sloppy joe, and that's something that will, you know, really, uh, you won't forget that. It's memorable. Oh, perfect for a football game. It is oh, so perfect for football yeah. games, Wow. For, these people will gobble it up just like peanuts. For big, hearty appetites. There's more with Jim Villas. He is the author of 16 cookbooks, and he's taking what most would consider a common ingredient and celebrating it, the new book, From the Ground Up. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio, Don't Go Away. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio along with Lana. We're visiting with Jim Villas, culinary historian, cookbook author, and all-around passionate foodie. His new book has recently released. It's called From the Ground Up. It's hundreds of amazing recipes from around the world using ground meat, including beef, chicken, pork, seafood, and more. And, Jim, we left off talking about some recipes. Uh, Oh, we don't have him there. We've lost him. We hope that we'll get him back. Oh, we have him. Okay. Hey, Jim, are you there? Yeah. Okay, good. Let's talk turkey meatball pita sandwiches because... You the words out of my mouth. Oh, I'm I did. make some of those this afternoon. Oh, oh you football are? food. Yeah, because I got... Uh, I, I found some ground turkey on sale. Mm-hmm. And what I've got... It, uh, they're really all wonderful. Uh, I, love, I love anything with pita, you know, whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I was raised in a part Greek family, and so therefore Greek meatballs of any sort are just in my blood. The heritage. And I do, do a turkey meatball pita thing in which uh, you stuff, what you do is stuff the pita, you know. The dressing is a cucumber sour cream dressing with mint Ooh. in it. Oh, yeah, so I don't need the meatball. I just need the dressing. Meatballs, you know, and stuff that with shredded lettuce inside of pitas. And you talk about perfect for perfect. a bowl. I mean, nothing is more perfect. Wow. Love uh, it. But you can also use ground lamb. See, and I, that's what I love about Jim's recipes, and especially from this book, his 16th. You can substitute different meats for the recipes, different mm-hmm. fish, uh, the way that you see fit, uh, dependent upon your style or ethnic upbringing or what's on sale or what's on special in your area. Uh Although this one, I'm not sure it has a substitute. I am a sucker for clam dip, Jim. I really am. There is nothing better than a hot dip to me. And you make a Boston clam dip? I think everybody loves a clam dip. I've never found anybody in my life who doesn't like a clam dip. (laughs) I think that's true. And, of course, cream cheese and sour cream based, right? Right. And then all the great flavor of canned clams. We buy a product out of Bar Harbor, Maine. And Uh, and don't bulk, don't. Excuse me, Jamie. Yes. Don't bulk it at, at canned clams. They're fine. Yeah, I, I agree. Oh. I think there's a lot of good canned seafood out Great there. Great suggestion. That, that, that really no doubt. Because, uh, and don't forget, I mean, I love fresh clams, but one thing that you don't usually encounter with canned clams, you don't encounter that toughness that you can get with fresh clams. Mm-hmm. 
It's very true. And they're cooked for you just to the perfect place where you can cook them in a dip and get it all bubbling right. and cheesy. I'm making that Boston clam dip this afternoon, Jim. You know, aside from your love of clams, there's something I know and love about you with just a couple of minutes left here that I'd really love for you to share. Uh, they do call you Mr. Pound Cake, don't they? Oh, yes, unfortunately so. That is the plague of my life. It's Pound Cake. <laughs> okay, so dish on Pound Cake, if you would. We're not sure if uh, one of your future books will be entitled just that, but we know uh, I know that every weekend you make a new pound cake of a different flavor combination. So what was yesterday's uh, baking beauty? Yesterday, um, not every uh, weekend. I make every two weeks religiously. I cannot be in this house without a pound cake. And this last pound cake I did, which I took out of the oven yesterday, uh, it, it's, it, it's lemon, almond, and vanilla. And, oh, I, know. I, am making, I am making that this afternoon. Oh, I thought you were flying it, it there. It was not perfect. I never think, no pound cake of mine ever comes out the same way. It drives me up the wall. This time, don't ask me why the pound cake did not rise as high as I would like for it to rise. But the crust was magnificent. The flavor was mm-hmm. absolutely it was just it's a wonderful cake it really is but it's not perfect well as you said to me yesterday that it was sort of like a romance or a lover it's not always what you expect you every time you cannot trust him or her <laughs> <laughs> so jim villa says you can't trust pound cake can you give us one tip jim if we have a you talk about the you know the basic recipe of pound cake if we have a family recipe a signature flavor combination give us one tip after many years of perfecting pound cake albeit not perfect uh, that we might be able to make our pound cakes better with okay i can give you a lot of tips but i would say just off the tip of my tongue one tip is that once you add and you need five eggs in any good pound cake once you add the eggs to the batter do not overbeat them do not overmix do not overbeat the batter once you add those eggs once you add, you add the eggs separately you know but once you've beaten that last that fifth egg then move on to the end as quickly as you can and mm-hmm. beat that just as little as possible and you're going to get a, a better texture Jim, I have to say that you represent to me uh, an authority on food, but the most incredibly impassioned, delightful food conversation. And uh, they call my favorite guests on this show my culinary crushes, and you are one of them. Oh, you're very sweet. Well, I need, <laughs> the question I need to ask you now. Yes, sir. And I think I mentioned this to you. I'm getting ready to do something very controversial, Jamie. I'm getting ready to make a pound cake with margarine. Oh, yes. Now, you mentioned this to me yesterday, but I tried to block it out. Oh, my and gosh. And what I know you do, like everybody likes to try to block it out. And there's a reason <laughs> for that. I'm trying to, I, I'm, I, I think that might produce an incredible crust. It's a long, long story. Yes. It has to do with my mother. But I need to ask you a question, and that is about margarine. Is there such a thing on the market? I don't know this, the answer to this. As a superior margarine you know, that's an interesting question, Jim. I'm going to take this week to do some homework on the water content of margarine. That's what I want to know. The mm-hmm. same way that we determine the quality of butter. And will you come back and just dish on pound cake for a good six hours or so with us on uh, the radio? I could talk two weeks on pound cake. Two weeks. I love it. Jim Villas. You're on. <laughs> 
Jim Villis is uh, the author of a new book called From the Ground Up, A World Tour of Glorious Ground Meat. Recipes from Jim are always incredible. And, Jim, it is always a delight. We wish you a wonderful Sunday filled with slices of pound cake, and we hope you'll come back soon. I will do that homework on margarine. Interestingly enough, Jim's taking the margarine approach, Lana, because like pie dough where you use butter and shortening for mm-hmm. texture and crumb, he is going to master it. He will make the perfect pound cake. And we hope that you'll continue to join us so that we can share that recipe with you. There are a wealth of tastes out there. Next Sunday, join us for more, you'll find Alfonso Sana from Canaletto with us next Sunday along with Rick Brown. We're celebrating Super Bowl and all uh, that goes along with fabulous food. For seconds and recipes and videos, you can check out ChefJamie.com and do join us next Sunday right here at the table beginning at 8 a.m. on KFWB News Talk 980. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana signing off. Thank you for listening. We hope you continue to eat well. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.